When the world is crap and you've got the blues Just take a break from all that horrible news For something crazy, amazingly clever and never half-assed Except when it is Yes, it's the Randy Rainbow Podcast This song is almost over, girl, so wipe your tears You're in for a treat and feast your ears on this Remarkable feat Yes, it's a famous celebrity Finally podcasting at last This shit is revolutionary Hello and welcome to the Randy Rainbow Podcast. It is me, your host, Penelope Ann Miller. Hi, Rebecca. Here we are again. Hi, Randy. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. I hope you had a lovely celebration. I did, yes. It was my birthday, so I got older. Oh my God, I wasn't going to say anything, but I could tell. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I I really do look like it this time. No, I look what I look like. I won't lie, I've been drinking. (laughs) I waited, you know, I wait for the holidays because I really usually, for the last several years, um, I I tour, tour, tour in the fall and it culminates in me being wildly repressed and finally coming back to New York and making it fool of myself and drinking and just doing everything to excess. But I had a great time. I have no regrets. Yeah, isn't it the right time for it? It's cold out. We need like some little snuggles with our hot toddies. Mm, Speaking of hot toddies. (laughs) And it was really, it was hard. It took me a while to get back into the swing of things because, you know, I ended my tour in Hawaii. Oh, that's right. And added a little, a few vacation days. Is that right? I had a few vacation days. I realized once I got there, first of all, I was not on the main I guess they call it the Big Island. I still don't know what goes oh, on what there. what island were you on? I don't even know. Like Rhode Island, that's what it looked oh. like. Um, but it was Honolulu, Oahu. That's where you fly into. But I think that to have like the real luxury movie star, you know, Hawaii experience, if if you want to do that, you have to take a plane, I guess, 27 minutes to Maui, I guess. So I didn't do that. But I realized that after all that traveling I, I did, a vacation for me is really just going home and sitting there and having some time in New York. So I came right back. But the the travel was a bitch. And I know this is champagne problems, but I don't care. It was horrible. And I broke up the trip because I am not a good traveler. I'm not a good flyer, as we know. And I did layovers in LA both times. You you usually- Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. I, I broke it up. A layover where you actually just stopped off the plane? Literally or, or you got spent off the, the plane, spent the night, woke up, Flew to Hawaii, did the same thing coming back. Oh, wow. On purpose so that you could have a breakup in the So I could break up the flight. Wow. Are you a- I don't like it, but I deep breath, white knuckle through it. See, can't can't do it. Because I'd rather get there faster. So if I'm going to be on a really long flight, I just power through so that I can get to the destination. But it's not pleasant. I don't enjoy the, the getting there. But once I'm there, you know, it's worth it. Yeah. It's like Elaine Stritch said, the prostitute once said, I'll quote this every day, it's not the work, it's the stairs. It's the stairs. Everything is getting there. I think I agree. It's just so crazy. But I'm glad it's wrapped. I'm glad to be back in New York. I'm glad we're in our cute studio. Guess who's here today? Who's here today? (gasps) One of my all-time favorite Broadway divas, Christine Ebersol, two-time Tony Award winner. Did you see her in Gray Gardens? I didn't. I saw her in War Paint. 
I saw that too. How dare you insinuate mm-hmm. that I didn't? <laughs> I love her and I can't wait to talk to her. She has a new album out. We're going to talk all about it, play some cuts from the album. Yeah, it's really great music. It's good stuff. Yeah. All right, so let's do it. It's the Randy Rainbow Podcast. Let's answer the phone. Pick up. Hi, Randy. I have a question. If your fans are to encounter you in public, how do you prefer they act? Now that you're world famous and everyone knows how fabulous you are, people must be approaching you on what's getting close to an annoying level. I'm just wondering, I may or may not be on the Upper West Side a few times over the next few months. And if I were fortunate enough to have a Randy Rainbow sighting, I I sure wouldn't want to scare you off. Love you, Randy. Bye. Well, thank you very much for the question. I am extremely famous now. You are right. And thank you for noticing. But I don't want you to think that it's gone to my head. I'm really just like the rest of you people. So if you are, you know, as you say, fortunate enough to run into me in public, just a simple bow and uh, giving me a gift, preferably Dom Perignon, and do not look into my eyes or you will be tased. And I hope to see you soon. Hi, Randy. Although you're, what, 27 and it could be like 50 or 60 years in the future, have you thought about who you'd like to sing and what songs at your funeral? And just for fun, it could be a clone or a hologram of another dead person, because you're dead by that stage, um, or a head in a jar, depending on how the science has worked out by then. Thank you. This is a horrible question. I am depressed. What? what? This is morbid. I'm going to bring in my panel over here. Rebecca, I don't even know what, how to answer that. I think the only answer is you. A, yeah, a hologram if, of myself. Yeah, if we're, if we're opening it up to anyone dead or alive. Yeah, why am I going to bring in you outside You should be singing at your talent. own. Yeah, it should be all about you. Listen, I have very good agents now, and if they can't book me at my own funeral, there's a problem. Seriously. So I would like a hologram of me maybe doing a duet with Celine Dion. Ooh, that's a good idea, a duet. Because you know she's not going to do it while I'm alive, probably. It really should just be a full concert. That's the entire event. Yeah, okay. So, But only holograms. I'm, I'm excited to announce my hologram concert with Celine Dion. Tickets go on sale as soon as I die. Stand by. Hi, Randy Love. It's Sean. Incredible show in Waukegan. If anyone was wondering if they should see it, the answer is absolutely yes. And on that note, my question is, are there any plans in the works for a tour in 2023? Thanks. Bye. Well, thank you so much for coming to Waukegan. I had a marvelous time with you as well. And upcoming... We have the Broadway Cruise, which I'm excited to be headlining with none other than Kristen Chenoweth and Alan Cumming and Laura Benanti and a whole host of other Broadway legends, you know, like me. I've never been on Broadway, but don't tell them that. So I don't know. We are working on some exciting stops in 2023, but I have nothing to report as of yet. But if you want to make a request for a city I've not been to, or you want me to come back because you love me that much, go to randyrainbow.com and tell me about it. And now, a word from our sponsor. Hello, friends. Randy Rainbow here for Mike Lindell, creator of MyPillow.com and voting machine conspiracy theories. 
Mike personally knows the pain and discomfort being released from jail can cause you. That's why he's created My Parole, the most comfortable and stylish parole ankle bracelet you've ever been court ordered to own. Our patented technology comfortably keeps your parole monitor in place, firmly around your ankle. Whether you're attending a rally, praying to blonde-haired super white Jesus, or having the FBI confiscate your cell phone mid-order at a Mancota, Minnesota Hardee's, My Parole won't budge. Traditional parole monitors only allow the deep state to keep track of your whereabouts. With My Parole, a silent buzz will alert you when other My Parole members are nearby. So you'll know when good company is just a tiki torch away. With the holidays and January 6th trials just around the corner, My Parole makes the perfect gift for those expecting to do some hard time together. Use promo code DEPLORABLE now and get 50% off all our small, queen, king, or trump-sized My Parole ankle monitors. We've even got elegant My Parole necklace monitors for the incriminated misses and My Parole dog collars for the Kushner in your life. If it's good enough for Mike and a certain ex-president, it's good enough for you. Stand back and stand by and visit MyParole.com. It's the best option for a MAGA troll. Visit MyParole.com. That was really a kick, but enough of that skit. Time to drop all the shit now. So let's cut the shit. I think a fabulous Kiki with someone I love would be back. My fabulous guest today is a two-time Tony Award-winning actor whose long list of credits would keep us here all day. She's a star of film, television, and stage, and now has the distinct privilege of listing the Randy Rainbow podcast on her resume, should she choose to do so. It's the amazing Christine Ebersol. Thanks for having me. I hear you just came from a show. What did you see? Because I, I know that you were powdering. Yeah, I had to fix my makeup. It was the the Neil Diamond <gasps> musical. Oh, get out. Honey, the whole audience was in tears. I didn't At realize it's a tearjerker like I that. didn't either. Mark Jacoby had everyone so worked up. They were just sobbing. Oh, my God. And passing Kleenex to each other. I'm oh not kidding you. And I was one of them. You oh, know? You're still getting, you're getting yeah. choked up now thinking about it. <laughs> The Neil Diamond was, musical? I know. Who would have thought, I, I'm right? I'm surprised. Yeah. Although I'm not, a I'm, big fan of Neil Diamond, sure. and I'm a big fan of his music. And just to find out the backstory was, you know, they really went beneath the surface, which was nice. Yeah. Which is nice. It was kind of a, a psychological kind of endeavor. You know, oh, it's wow. like he's in therapy. I don't want to give away any spoilers. Oh, but you're but it's not spoiling. It's yeah, it's it's, yeah. Uh, it's enticing me to yeah. want to go see it even it's more. It's really different than anything I'd ever seen or anything I'd ever imagined. Oh, how great! So, and and Will Will Swenson was a hunk. You know, yeah, he's I'm in the love best. with him. He's just the best. Oh, good. Yeah, and just the whole cast was really, really, really good. Oh, great. Oh, good. I got something to do now. Yeah. Well, what I was doing this afternoon was listening to this, the new album. It's gorgeous. Thank, Thank you, you for it. Thank you. It was a perfect day to listen to it too because it was overcast, mm. autumn day mm-hmm. in New York. I was li- mm-hmm. looking out my window, just you know, living my life. It's like a warm blanket and a bowl of chicken soup. <laughs> um, but this is the. Am I correct? This is the the club act that you've done for I, some th- years this, now. This was uh, from the club act I did at the Carlisle in 2016. Okay, that's what that was about. Well, what made you decide to now put it on uh, record finally? Well, we went into the studio after we did the Carlisle, and it was it was somewhat fraught because one of the players, their wife, was 
very ill and they weren't able to make the session and we had a new engineer and it just wasn't going smoothly. And so it was shelved for like six years. Oh, wow. And then when the lockdown happened, I thought, well, this is the time to go back into the studio and salvage what we can. And we both, Larry Yurman, who's, you know, my collaborator, um, we both thought, well, we're probably going to have to start from scratch again. But instead, when we went back, we found, you know, buried treasure. It was crazy. There was only a couple, two songs that we redid. Well, one we added and one we redid. Oh, which did you add? A Sleeping Bee. Okay. That was not in the original club. Act. I did not know that that is co-written by uh, Truman Capote. Yes, he wrote the lyrics. I never knew that. Isn't that crazy? Speaking of uh, Sleeping Bee, I mean, I, uh, I'm... As, as I love you, I, I'm also a, a Streisand aficionado. See that book there. Is Me it? A, too. Do you love Barbara? Because there, I couldn't help but Barbara's notice that there, there are Barbara moments <gasps> on this album. <gasps> Yesterday's lazy afternoon. I mean, that's no accident, right? No, I just think that Barbara was such a big influence for me when I was in my early 20s. When I was a teen, it was really Joni Mitchell. Right. And then when I was in my early 20s, it was Barbara. Barbara was everything, you know, and especially what I love about Barbara is that you understand every single word she sings. Yes. And that's, that was always really important to me. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that was, that was a a special treat to see all that. And what else? Yeah, Sleeping Bee and uh, Yesterday's from Color Me Barbara, right? Color Me Barbara. Remember the opening of that special and she's walking through the the museum? (gasps) Yeah, and then it kicks into that, like, yesterday. Oh, my God, it's so good. But your version, well, talk about that one. I have that on my list. But what what made you pair that with Lazy Afternoon? It's so perfect. Well, in the show, the inspiration behind it was becoming an empty nester all of, of all the children leaving home and going to college as I am nearing my dotage. So these two, two things were colliding at once. And this happened in 2016? 2016, yeah. yeah. When I was in Chicago doing the out-of-town tryouts for War Paint, and Larry Yurman, who was the musical director of Grey Gardens, was also the musical director of War Paint. Mm-hmm. And we had done an album together of uh, Noel Coward. So it was another collaboration that we had together. It was the first time we, we had done a club act together. And I felt that when the children left, it, was, it became a time of self-reflection. And so not only are you remembering back to when they were little, um, but you're also remembering back to when I was little, mm-hmm. you know? And it was kind of when when life was carefree before responsibility. And that's what that song came out of. Because my earliest memory of that is being on my grandfather's farm in Pennsylvania. And I was about four years old and it was late summer, and I'm sitting outside on a blanket, and next to me is this barn kitten, a baby, tiny baby barn kitten, so tiny that his eyes were not open yet. And the next to me is a dish of milk, and I'm feeding this baby kitten with the milk from the edge of my finger, from my fingertips. And I just have this memory that I didn't have a care in the world. Mm. It was just 
such a beautiful, beautiful moment. I'm sitting under this big, big old tree, you know? And so that's what Lazy Afternoon comes about that's from that. That's beautiful. You, know, you can tell you re- these, you know, these listening to these songs really are uh, evocative of, of images like mm. you just described. You yeah. can tell yeah. that there's a lot behind them. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's so nice. Well, Larry Yerman, yeah. who, who, you, who you just, as you said, worked on uh, uh, Grey Gardens with you and Warpaint. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Talk about the, the relationship with a musical director, because I now have a musical director, and I never understood people's obsession with their musical directors. I'm like, calm down. But it's really a very intimate and mm-hmm. special relationship. And very collaborative, I think. Yeah. You know, because uh, it's really kind of what you bring to the table together and how you kind of, you know, finesse and make it, realized make it become realized yeah so and larry is just i've i feel like i died and went to heaven being with him because not only is he like an amazing musician but like an incredible arranger just you know he there was only three instruments on that it was you know piano cello and guitar and he made it sound like an orchestra he really did Yeah, it's, and it's, it's so full of passion and heart, you know? Yeah, it sounds like a lot more than mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. And you say cello, and I think of your arrangement for It's Wonderful, mm. which is maybe my favorite one on the album. Oh, and great. It's, it's an arrangement like I've never heard that song I know, done and that before. was all Larry. It was the first time. He, in fact, that was the first time, the first song that he played for me when we were doing Grey Gardens. And I just, one day he was in the pit just between shows and he starts he's playing that. I said, what is that? And it was just from that that kind of sparked this relationship, you know, together that um, has been enduring. And Grey Gardens was the first time you, were, you worked together? Right? No, actually, oh. it's so funny because the very first time that we played together was when I was in Los Angeles and I was coming to New York to do um, Paper Moon. This was in 1993. And Larry Grossman wanted to raise money. You know, I think Roger, and Roger Berlin was also part of it as well. But they wanted to raise money, so they wanted to bring attention to this music. So they had me come into New York and um, play at the Russian Tea Room. And Larry Yerman was playing the piano. So that was the first okay. time. So it was many, so many you, years you, ago. You go back yeah. before, long yeah. before that mm-hmm. then. I've had the be privileged and honored to see you in both uh, intimate cabaret, you know, settings, jazz settings like Birdland and Fifty Four Below, and of course in in larger, lavish Broadway productions. Kind of a stupid question, but what do you have a preference? It's kind of like I, you know, when you're not with the one you love, love the one you're with. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's Steven Still song. It's kind of like I love what I'm, whatever I'm doing. Yeah. But there is, I think. An intimacy with um, in cabaret that you don't get in anything else. Yeah, and it's also the most challenging, and I think the hardest because you're not hiding behind a character, or props, or sets, or yeah. wigs, or costumes. It's like it's just you and the audience. So that can be really scary, but it's at the same time an opportunity for complete honesty and i think that it it has the it's most fulfilling yeah it's probably probably nice after you do a big 
lavish musical where you're hidden behind a character to then go do a smaller yes. kind of, and let it, you know, let yeah. it out and be. Yeah, you. yeah. Yeah. It's just a different kind of thing. Yeah. Last time I saw you was War Paint. That was so, first of all, your voice is so perfect and, and rich and like you get better by the day. Are you, do you work uh, obsessively at maintaining your voice or are you just one of those freakish people? I think it's the freakish people. <laughs> okay, good for you. <laughs> you know, when people ask me if I warm up, I just quote <gasps> Ethel Merman. What do you think the first number's for? <laughs> Shut up. You do. You really don't? You don't warm up? I don't up? warm up, no. Mm-mm. But Neither, I That's do, Barbara too. She doesn't warm up. She, I don't understand you people. Well, for me, I honestly think the reason why I'm able to have facility in my voice is that, uh, is talking to the, we have a lot of animals and, okay. you know, in between New Jersey and California. And, uh, there we're, we're at eight right now. What do you have? Four cats, three dogs and a cockatiel. And especially the cockatiel, Big Sally requires a very, <laughs> Big Sally. <laughs> Big Sally. I love her. Big Sally. Actually, it was it was Sally, but then I found out it was a boy, so I had to change it to Big Sally. Oh, which is much more masculine. <laughs> well, it's kind of like from a milkmaid to a thug's life, you know. I mean, it's a, but um and he, you know, I know it sounds crazy, but when I'm in Los Angeles, I'll ask to do FaceTime with the bird. In, <laughs> that does sound a little crazy. So that we can, you know, have have time together. Okay. Because they're very social animals. And That's they funny. they really you know, it's really how do so you con- sweet. How do you form a connection with them? with a- Well, it's again, you just you kind of chat in their in in their range. And the bird's range is very high. It's like, you know, it's kinda like this, you know, um <laughs> and he'll answer me back and then we'll, you know, we'll do and I've also taught him, and he'll he'll talk back. And then I also taught him to sing, um, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. Okay. And there's like a little click that we do for clap your hands, you know, and then he'll he'll do a little click as well. It's crazy. It's crazy. But that's a whole warm, that's your warm up there. That's so the perfect. warm up. Yeah. So it you have to really engage the muscles there to keep, to keep those high tones All right. going. <laughs> She talks to a bird and then she goes on stage and wins a Tony. Okay. Um, and then, of course, I, yeah, I'm sure I'm the 75th gay man today to t- talk about Grey Gardens to you. But God, wasn't that magnificent? What What did you, um, what, what lessons have you kept with you from that show and from those women, the Beals? Well, I think the biggest lesson was just a, what I st- strive to do is the to bring the humanity to these women you know these marginalized women that were born into this very privileged station but they were really like birds in a gilded cage you know they couldn't because to express themselves as singers and to be able to you know give to their talents was beneath their station mm. So they were trapped in a way. And when the house became in total disrepair and they weren't able to uh, adapt and they weren't willing to conform, that's what was interesting because that's when they were able to have the full expression of themselves, ironically. So, I mean, I think that's that's what I tried to, 
I mean, there was an identification in a sense and an understanding of of that and and a, just a wanting to portray the humanity so it didn't become like a cartoon, you know? Right. Because well, it could it could have. Well, that's what was so brilliant about your performances was, yeah, it could have gone horribly you know, wrong, but you really, <laughs> you nailed it to say the least. Well, yeah. I mean, there was such an honesty about those women. Yeah. And isn't it amazing? I mean, they were so funny too. I mean, so they wrote funny, yeah. most of that book. I mean, yeah. the, the, it's a brilliantly written yeah. book as well, but they, but so many of their lines made them, the, you know, not just the Broadway show, but the, the Iconic, movie they did. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they were hysterical. I wish I could tell them like, you wrote a Broadway show and a, an HBO movie. Um, yeah. So it's funny. True. Did you ever see, I'm obsessed kind of with, uh, the, the Elaine Stritch interview. Did you ever see this? I'm sure you must have on YouTube where she's talking about your performance. Coffee. Yeah. <laughs> That's coffee. <laughs> have you seen that? Obviously. I have, yeah. Did you work with her ever? Yes, I did a movie with her, Unexpected Family. It was uh, up in Canada with Stalker Channing. Oh, okay. And she played Stephen Collins' mother, I believe. But uh, I just loved her. Yeah. I loved her so much. And I was so grateful that I got to see her the day she left New York. Oh, under what circumstances? Well, it was, I just went to, you know... To see her oh. and to give her a, a parting gift. And oh. I brought her a rosary, an emerald green rosary. But there were, I don't know, it just felt like she was just felt like a kindred spirit to me, you know, a girl from the Midwest mm-hmm. like me. And I love her. Yeah, I loved well, her. Clearly, it was yeah. very mutual. Okay, well, I want to get back to some of these songs on here because I know there's personal kind of stories attached to, mm-hmm. to all of them. After the ball, the, the, uh, title track. Yeah, that's the, kind of an attempt to, just the way you look tonight, that was an attempt to sort of preserve what what time doesn't allow. You know, it just it keeps changing and keeps moving forward in spite of yourself. And, and you know, the chaos and the just all of that wonderful stuff that when you have the babies and growing up and it's just this kind of madness that's just so full of love and life and beginnings and you're discovering each other and all that. It's kind of an identity crisis in a sense yeah. because if you're if you're connecting on that level as a mother, then it's like, well, what do I do now? So where <laughs> you are you in the process of that as um, we sit here? Well, it's like when you realize, you know, you've got to put your teeth back in and slap on your wig and keep <laughs> moving forward, you know, yeah. kind of thing. And you realize that mothering never ends. It just changes. Of course. It changes. So that's the good news. Right. That's the good news. Yeah. It's not like there's a certain amount of time and then it's over, you know? No. Yeah. Listen, just ask my mother. I won't, <laughs> I won't leave her the hell alone. She wish it would have. Yesterday we covered the Barbara moments. That's wonderful. I love. My baby just cares for me. And I think we have a we have a clip of that. We're going to bless our audience with a little clip of that. But what's the story behind that one? Well, that is uh that came out of a story that you know, because of being doing Broadway shows and everything, it's just you miss out on a lot. You know, I didn't really get to tuck the kids in bed at, every night, which is such a basic, basic thing of motherhood. You know? right. But this was Hurricane Floyd that happened, and I happened to be home, and we were without power for nine days. Right. And there was no TV, there was no cell phone, there was no heat. 
<laughs> and it was freezing cold. And every morning I would cut, you know, come downstairs with a winter coat on and try to cook something from the refrigerator that had, you know, gone. It was going to go bad soon because there was no electricity to keep things cold. Right. But it was just a great time of togetherness. And uh, my mother was living with us at the same, at that time. And it just felt like I was so happy to just be my mother's daughter and my children's mother and my husband's wife. You know, it was just these really simple, it was like a simple, simple thing that I didn't get to experience right. most of the time. And so to think that in spite of everything, my babies love me, you know, it's like, woo. That's so nice. Wow, you got a positive attitude. Weren't you kind of pissed off? I mean, no heat? <laughs> Were you always that happy no, about it? Because we'd light a fire, you know, we'd put, you know, wood in the fireplace okay. and bundle up my mother with blankets. And she was so great, you know, because she had dementia. So she had memory loss. And every single night, she her bedroom was up on the third floor and it was, you know, pitch black in the house. And somebody would come up the stairs the lead with a flashlight and lanterns and things like that. And every single night, my mother would say, what are you trying to do, save on the electric bill? <laughs> <laughs> and we'd say, no, mom, the, we've been without power for about, you know, eight days. Well, every night, she'd say, well, why didn't anybody tell me? Oh, bless her. <laughs> so it was like Groundhog's Day. Right. But, you know, she'd just have, she would be really upbeat about it, you know? Right. Oh, well, <laughs> that, you know, you're just trying to save money, you right. know? Right. <laughs> well, that must have been infectious. Uh, well, here's a little clip of it. It's from After the Ball, available on Club 44 Records. And it's uh, this is a, a clip of uh, My Baby Just Cares for Me. I'm so happy since the day I fell in love in a great big way. And the big surprise is someone loves me too. Guess it's hard for you to see just what anyone can see in me But it simply goes to prove what love can do Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Thank you. That's that's with no warm-up? Damn it. Just You could lie and say it warmed <laughs> up for an hour, make the rest of us feel better. Uh, the last song I have on the list is a little, well, it's 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 a mashup. What do you call it? A mashup? That's what the kids say. A medley. A medley. All yeah. right. Little Green, Wait Till You See Her an Inchworm. Little Green, mm -hmm. of course, that's is Joni Mitchell. Mitchell. Yeah. Uh, wait Till You See Her, Rogers and Hart. Yeah, Rogers and Hart. Oh, okay. and uh, Inchworm is Frank Lesson. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Gorgeous. So what made you put those three together? Well, uh, that was about adoption, you know, because Little Green was Joni Mitchell's song that she wrote when she gave her child to adoption. It was the only child she had. She was very young. And so I was juxtaposing the reality of in whereas the birth mothers, their loss became my treasure. And so that's really what that was about. It was um, the loss of a child 
in giving giving to adoption and holding this, this baby in your arms that you never thought you would have, you know, that God somehow <laughs> blessed you with. And you, but you understand, you 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 understand both of those things that what what they gave to you that became your family mm-hmm. they don't have they grew inside of them for nine months and it's quite an act of generosity really say, yeah. really when you think about it and so that's really what that came from and inchworm um, really was about my daughter May May who came from an orphanage in China. And uh, she came on May 7th, 1997, about 10 months old. The same day that Aaron came from Minnesota, he was four days old. We didn't know till that day it was happening. Oh my goodness. Yeah, which is crazy. But she always had this incredible, you know, mathematical mind. And again, it was just, it's sort of that, that that song really talks about it. You know, it's like, I'm sure you'll go far, but do you ever stop to see how beautiful you are, mm-hmm. you know? Because, you know, as, a, as her mother, I can just, <laughs> you know, she blows me away, you know, just to look at her and just her mind and all that. But I don't know that, that she sees it in the same way I do, you know what I mean? Right. So that's what that song is for. Oh, that's beautiful. Beautiful. It's a beautiful personal album, clearly. Everyone must get it. Are you anywhere in New York performing uh, any of these? No, days? I flew out of uh, Los Angeles on Saturday oh. because on Monday I was inducted into the Theater Hall of Fame. Oh, my as, goodness. That was I last did, Monday. I didn't realize. It was Congratulations. Really what was that? Yeah, like? it, was thr- it was really thrilling. You know, I was just so grateful. And what was it? What was the uh, induction ceremony like? No, well, just, you know, you get presented and you get a medal and then you get up and say a few words. Oh, and my goodness. Then you go and see your name on the, there it is, up on the wall, you know. How it was thrilling. pretty, it was really thrilling. Oh, well. So, uh, but I'm going back um, because I'm in season four of Bob Hart's Abishola. That's right. Yeah, and that's, that's in Los Angeles. Oh, that's right. Of yeah. course. Well, talk to me a little bit about that. It's, um, it's such a great show. And as you said, it's having great success. And you're hysterical on it. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, to work with Chuck Lorre, yeah. yeah. I'm not well, going to say, go. yeah. I mean, come on. And that's the first time I ever met him. And oh, okay. it just was like, I just felt like, oh my gosh. Yeah. This is like, I won the prize, you know. Right. Well, agreed. Prize. And not only that, on top of it, it's the most amazing group of people. Yeah. It really feels like family, you know. You genuinely love being around each other and they're just genuinely so funny. Yeah. And there's not a bad apple in the bunch. So, and that doesn't happen all the time. So I'm just so grateful to just be part of that family. Yeah. Well, you've got a good, that they write some funny stuff for oh, you too. Yeah, so that that's helps. what I mean. Is there a, I, there's a little stretch in there actually, do I sense? Or uh, Yeah, you're right. I, that's what I thought. Just a tough broad. Yeah. <laughs> Who says inappropriate things? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but 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 it is sort of you know that does deal with slightly um, you know topical things, mm-hmm. uh, interracial yes. um, mm-hmm. relationships and mm-hmm. tolerance and all mm-hmm. of that stuff mm-hmm. that are at the forefront now. So, mm-hmm. well, first of all, I guess when they give you inappropriate things to say, is that ever a topic of conversation in in this environment? I this is kind of a, a cliche 
question, but I'm interested in it because it's it's my job. But like when you when you are given slightly naughty, risque humor, is there any? Do, do you have any reservations about any of that? No, I just try to you know go full throttle. Good. I- <laughs> <laughs> that's what I, that's the answer I like to hear. Yeah, you just give it a hundred percent. You know. Yeah. yeah. But there's certain things like I don't like to swear too much, you know. Oh, really? Yeah. Not a swearer in real life? I used to be, but I'm really trying to curb it. It's not one of my strong suits, but I'm really trying. Oh, me too. Yeah. It just, yeah, because, uh, yeah, not so good. Anyway, and especially like an old person doing it, you know, it doesn't look so good. (laughs) Well, you don't, you don't. Present as an old person. You're very glamorous. You know what I'm saying. I'm not in my 20s. Okay. So, you know, you just want to, you want to be graceful, you know, going into the (laughs) night kind of thing. (laughs) Well, it's a, it's very, very funny show. So you're busy with that. Any plans for any sort of concert? You know what I used to love? I used to see you every year, I feel like, see you do your Christmas show with Billy Stritch. Oh, yeah. Will you do that anytime? Billy and I are going to be up in Provincetown on New Year's Eve at (gasps) Town Hall. Oh, so maybe I want to go to that. Yeah, maybe that would be great. Okay. Um, and so we'll be doing our, our Christmas, you know, treasures. Oh, you will? Yeah. Okay. You know. You did, what did you do? A medley of a winter weather and what? Oh, yeah. That, I, I love that. I love that. To keep my love. I got my love to keep me warm in yeah, winter weather. Yeah, I got my weather. love to keep me warm, yeah. Obsessed. Yeah, I went. I used to go with my friend John. I think we went to see you like three years in a row at Birdland or wherever you yeah. were. Yeah, so just, much fun. Oh, it was just the best New York night. And Billy and I were down in New Orleans just in October. How's it working with Billy? You've been with him for a long time. You know, he's the best. Yeah. He really is so great. It's just, we have such a history. We were in, um, we met each other in 42nd Street. So it's 2001. We've known each other since then. And we did two albums together. And just, we have like this treasure trove, you know? And it's just when you know when you're with Billy, it's going to be okay, you know? Yeah, certainly. Yeah. It's just, you're you can trust right. him in the driver's yeah, seat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so what's that? Any plans to, for a Broadway return in your future, please? Yes? I would love to do that. Yeah. But you, got, you, you have to get hired is what you're saying. <laughs> you can't, just, you can't just walk into a theater and say... Pick your pick your part. Well, but I've got a TV show right now, so we don't know how when that's gonna how long that's gonna go. Okay. I mean, I hope it goes a long time. Sure. Yeah. As do I, but selfishly, I want you back on stage. Well, that in would any be nice capacity. too. So, yeah, it's it's very different. The workload, isn't it? Yeah. Doing television and doing eight shows a week. Yeah. It's like I have nothing but admiration for people that are doing it now. Well, the last there, time was five yeah. years ago, two thousand seventeen. War paint. Yeah, that was the last time I did a Broadway show. Oh my God. Preference there, TV versus Again, it's like I'm so happy doing what I'm doing right now. Yeah. I don't long for anything else. You got a good attitude. Well, Christine. It's like it's it's really being happy with what is. Yeah. I gotta do more of that. Well, because I'm always longing for the other thing that I'm not doing. It's really a practice. Yeah, and I've I've had s- several revelations about it because I know that I would I'd be upset about something, but I realized I was upset because it wasn't the way I imagined it. But then when I realized, well, that this is the way it is, then you can embrace it, right? And just move forward, you know? right? That's slap a- on your wig and put your teeth in. <laughs> that is my new philosophy of life. Slap on and your wig. Just 
keep moving forward. I love it. Well, Christine, I love and adore you. Thank you for coming in. <laughs> Thank you so much Thank for having me. Thank you for all me. the joy and uh, entertainment and inspiration you've provided me in so many over the oh, years. Thank you so much. And oh, congratulations on all your success. Thank you so much, Christine. I adore you. Let's leave our audience with a very special treat. My favorite track on the album, Swonderful, from After the Ball, Christine Ebersol, available now, Club 44 Records. It's wonderful, it's marvelous, you should care for me, soft nice, Christine, this is the this is the after party. So, are, my, are we wearing our glasses? Let's or? wear our glasses. Okay. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know you were so uh, game for a good time. I would have brought out <laughs> the pink glasses sooner. Um, I'm gonna. I reach think I'm gonna get here. mine prescription. You can't. You know, we have we sell them at my show, the readers. <sighs> but you can get prescription too. Because you know that was my song in War Paint. Oh, which one? Pink. That's right. That was so good. I was in the front row opening night. Yeah, and I couldn't get over it. The two of you. Another freak, that Patti LuPone. Total freak. Yeah, but that's crazy. And when I would stand off stage and go, who are you? Yeah. She'd be belting out that number. Yeah, but but, 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 but look at you. Yeah, but I've got a bird. (laughs) Well, that's true. You do have the bird. You have a secret advantage. No, but she's different. It's different. It's different. Why? Because... She just like full throttle belting. Yeah. And mine's more mixy. You know, I can belt, but it's more, I mix it more, you know? Ugh. But you can. But allows you to sustain. I, I could never belt like she could. Well, she has a, again, a freakish totally. instrument. Absolutely. And I told, yeah. and she actually explained to me once over dinner what it is like to be Patti LuPone and stand on a stage and feel your voice hit the back of the theater. And I had to take my clothes off. <laughs> it was so, to listen to the explanation, I mean, it was like amazing because, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I can't, I can't imagine what it is like to, to be a, either of you. Yeah, she's just really, but, she's but just said, a force. Also devastated me when she said, she's not really a musical theater person. Would you say the same of yourself? Don't you disappoint no, me? No, no, okay. because that really kind of was the... In other words, not know. her first love. She really, she kind of wound up, but she wanted to be a rock star when she was a kid. Well, I thought I was going to be a great dramatic actress, you know. Oh, I mean? but you are that. No, but I mean, do you know what I'm saying? And I thought it was, I would only do film and nightclubs. Okay. And then, then I never. But brought the musical theater. That, musical theater that didn't not, really enter my mind. Interesting. But I could sing. And then just apply that to the whatever. But. But a fan? Were you a fan of musical theater growing up? Like my mother put me yes. to sleep with Oklahoma and yes, the Music Man. Yes, that's why I was able to learn Camelot in three days because I knew all the songs. Okay. Growing up. Right. You know. Did you hear Barbara's new um, 
she just put out Barbara at the Bon Soir. You no, know I heard it? about it. I heard about I it. I just started listening I to it. It is it. the greatest treasure if you're a Barbara fan because to because it's her whole act and it's all the banter in between. And to think that this is Barbara. She was 21. She was 20. And this is Barbara right before Funny Girls, this is before anything. And, and, and it's so thrilling to hear it because you know what's coming. Well, how did they get that? She had it in her, those archives, her, her vault, or as I call it, her Oiga vault. <laughs> Is just jam-packed with uh, treasures. Wow. Yeah, check it out. Do wow. you record any of these any of these club acts that you do? Um, you have you well one one of your shows with Billy is is as a live recording now. No, oh. um, I think we kind of made it to sound like a live recording, oh. but it wasn't. That was Sunday in New York. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But I do have one live recording of Live at the Cinegrill, but I don't think you can get it except out of my garage. I mm. can get you a copy. I would love yeah, it. It's I'll a, come to your garage. It's, li- <laughs> it's Live at the Cinegrill. Yeah, and that was 1997. And that was from the Roosevelt Hotel. Oh, that must be LA. good. Mm-hmm. Scott Whitman directed it. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So whatever happened to that? Why don't we have a, a wide release? Well, we're, uh, Club 44 is going to work on that. Oh, yeah. good. Yeah, I already did. And we're going to figure that out. Oh, good. I, I must have that. Yeah. You were on Will and Grace. Mm-hmm. You remember what you played on Will and Grace? Candy Pruitt. With the shoulders? With the sh- year of the shoulder. God, that was so funny. Year of the shoulder. There's a story behind that. Tell me. Yeah. Um, that was supposed to be Joan Collins. My agent called me and said, can you get on a plane tonight <gasps> to go to LA? And the story behind it was that there was there was a writer named Joni Marchenko who wrote for a TV show that I was on called Inc. She had a joke that started with my character on Inc. And then she recycled the joke so that Karen Walker uh, says it, right? Megan Maloney. So the joke went something like this. Oh, she's had so many Mexican facelifts. I bet you if you hit her in the head with a stick, prizes would fall out. That was the joke. (laughs) Funny, right? And so um, I said it in 1996 and then, you know, it got recycled later on. So when Joan Collins got hired and they were going to say that to her character, she had, as the story goes, Mm -hmm. as the story goes, she had her uh, people come to the producers and say, um, Miss Collins has never had any plastic surgery and she would be very appreciative if you took that joke out. Oh. And so the producers were like, beat it, you know? (laughs) Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, see you later. They said no to Joan Collins. Yeah. How do you like that? Well, I'm kind of glad. No offense. We'll we'll never book Joan Collins on this show, right? Lucky for me. And lucky for us because you were so ridiculous and funny in that role. Oh, my God. Absolutely the best time. Yeah, that must have been a fun set. So much fun. You worked with Sean Hayes, and it says, Who do you like better, Sean Hayes or me? But you don't have to answer that, but just say me. You, of Thank course, you. darling. Oh, sorry, Sean. But he, but he, he was fun to work with, right? I did you get? Did you him. work with him on that episode? Or, or yes, some? yes. Yeah. He was, you know, doing a spa thing and putting cucumbers, oh, that's and then they right. fell down. Remember? That's right. Oh God, how nice to so be part great. of that. So much fun. Yeah. Oh God. Well, that was good. That was good bonus content. And that you are my favorite. I well now I now I have that. On film. Yeah. Send it to me. And now 
the show is over, girl, so thanks for listening. It's been a vibe, and damn it, don't you dare forget to subscribe. I promise next week will be ten times better than even the last. Except when it's not. Thank you so much, Christine, for doing my little show. Now that garden of yours just went from gray to rainbow. And that's the last word of the pod.